Good morning, good morning. This is just uh, me as Pastor Jason. Welcome. Uh, the welcome, the, the true welcome is still coming. But we're going to ask that you close the doors. Please close the doors. And we're preparing our hearts and we're listening to the prelude.
Good morning once again and welcome once again. My name is Pastor Jason Griffiths. I'm the pastor here and it looks like you guys brought your friends. This is awesome. This is a good Sunday right here. Uh, thank you for gathering to worship our risen Lord Jesus the Christ and that this season we are the fourth week of Advent and Advent is simply uh, the arrival. We celebrate the first arrival and we await the second arrival. I got a couple announcements for us. One of them is we do have a Christmas Eve service here. It's at 4 p.m. And I got my, I, there's a surprise. There's going to be a surprise. You're going you're gonna to walk away. You won't walk away empty-handed. I'm not handing out a Miata, but <laughs> there's something, a little something, something, Christmas Eve. And then if you are traveling the 29th, go to worship. Worship at wherever you're at. And if you have guests, bring them here on the 29th. Because a lot of times we overlook it, but I actually, that's one of my favorite Sundays of the whole year, just because everybody kind of disappears, and then you see the true blue show up. (laughs) (laughs) And you get to say real stuff. So be careful about that. All right, look in your packets on page 27. No, I'm just messing. In your packets, there is this uh, Friends of the Arts donation. This is once a year, we, this is on top of or instead of or whatever. This makes, makes sure we have beautiful accompanists and we have amazing music like we've been used to. And it's, it's, this, this is the gift that keeps on giving. So make note of it. Put it in the offering plate when it passes later in the service. Let's, at some point, pass those fellowship pads around, and let's right now stand up and greet one another in the name of the Lord. All right, please be seated. Please be seated. Hey. be seated. Yep. Good job. You're trying to keep, I, I, you see what you're doing. For our call to worship, I, I've picked Psalm 75 verse 1. We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks. Your name is near. Your name is near. You are among us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, we pray that as we gather in your presence, we would slow ourselves down, take ourselves off the thrones of our own lives, and properly place you onto them. Hear us as we lift your name higher than everything else. And all God's people said, what am I doing next? Candles. Candles. I'm inviting the Macy family forward. And my wife said, hey, you're supposed to light the purple one, right? Or the pink one. And I said, no, you're actually supposed to light the purple one. So I'm doing all four, but you light the, one of the purple ones last. Purple one last? Okay. Yes.
We light this candle, the candle of love, as a sign of the coming light of Christ. As the Lord has promised in days to come, the Lord will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child. She shall bear a son and name him Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. Good morning, all of your uh, Christmas singers. We are all of us in here now for the first part. Um, I would like you to notice that we do have the PowerPoint and also have a backup paper on the same words. And uh, the first carol or hymn that we're going to do, it's uh, Once in Royal David's City. And uh, please see this one-page insert. Can I have it in there? You could also watch the PowerPoint. Um, this is going, is going to uh, go like this. The first verse is going to be done in the tradition of the, the King's College in England. And we're going to have mezzo-soprano Holly Roll doing the first verse with the choir, a cappella, after which everybody comes at my, uh, you know, uh, direction and do the second and third verse. Once in a royal David city stood all the
I want to kind of focus on that. Now, there was a cartoon I saw this week on where Peppermint Patty is laying against a tree. On the other side, Chuck is laying against each other. Peppermint Patty says to him, love look like? Jesus. And I thought, okay. The question is, what does? And what does Jesus tell us about that? So, put on your listening ears here, and I'm going to go to Scripture, and that's from Matthew 22, verses 34 to 40. But when the Pharisees had heard that he put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together, and one of them, who was a lawyer, asked him a question. I don't know that I need this, but I'm... Is it on? Okay, okay, all right, all right, that'll help me. Okay, and asked him a question, tempting him, saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? They were trying to trick him and hope he would give an answer that they could use against him. But Jesus said unto him, that Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all thy soul, and all your mind. This, Jesus said, is the first and great commandment. And the second is also like it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And on these two commandments hung the law and the prophets. And so, a couple of weeks ago, we went to a... um, a Christmas kind of a gathering where my daughter, Danielle, was doing aerial displays. And as we left, they handed out these cards called Love on Display. And on the back side, it said, Saturday, December 21st, 4 to 6 p.m. Well, you're here, and that's where we want you to be. So um, anyway, so um, to keep our focus on on the second part of that one, because the first part could be a whole dawn moment with the children all together. So I'm going to go on the love thy neighbor part. And, and so I'm going to discuss love on display, on display and what does that look like. So Christmas is the time of gift giving. Have any of you ever given a gift to a stranger or someone you don't know? Every one of you raise your hand because I saw you filling shoe boxes from Samaritan's Purse. You don't know who that box is going to go to, but believe you me, inside that box is a gift of love. And when the people open that, the smile on their face is what love looks like. And Mrs. Beard and I have reached the age where with our in-laws, we don't have any more room, wall space. We don't have any more shelf space. And, we're, and Mrs. Beard's tired of dusting. So nothing that needs to be dusted. So we have heard about an um, a organization called um, 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 Heifer International. And would you believe that this year we're giving our in-laws a goat? <laughs> There's a goat in here. And you look up on there... And there is a goat, and, and 
Heifer International does this thing where you can volunteer to buy a whole goat or part of a boat, goat and make a donation, and then they send you back a card like this that says, well, let me tell you that, uh, um, oh, wrong one. <laughs> here we go. We've also given honeybees because Heifer International does a, a pay-it-forward program. Once you donate and they get their goat or they get the honeybees or a flock of chickens um, um, or even a cow. But we don't give a whole cow. We give a part of a cow and hope three other people give the other part. But the, the theory of love that Heifer International does is pay it forward. And so when that family gets that animal, they also get people from Heifer International that does training so that that animal can be well cared for. Now, I talked about the goat. That goat gives milk. It provides nutrition for that family. And whether they get goat or a flock of chickens or whatever, they have to pay it forward by giving the first offspring to another member of their family or relatives or a neighbor so that they too can spread the health and nutrition. And so I want to ask you here, um, um, there are many ways for love to be on display, but not all gifts have to be wrapped. For example, last week we had the praise band. Those people practiced, those musicians practiced. Terry comes a long distance to be here to share the gift of her voice with us. Danny, they practice. Today we have the choir going to share the gift of their love. Those people didn't just come in this morning and say, what are we going to sing, Cornell? They practice. Raise your hand if you practiced a lot. All right. That's what love looks like, the time, their love of time and effort. And so I want to, I'm getting brief now here, Cornell. Don't worry. Uh, all right, so there are things you can do around the house that can share your gift of love and have your love be on display. Now, raise your hand if you have a cat or a dog at home. All right, now stand up if you're the one that picks up the dog poop or cleans the cat litter tray. <laughs> That's what love looks like. Because you're doing something for somebody else that if you didn't, they'd have to do it. So this week, I want you to be thinking about, look around you this week and look for opportunities so that your friends and your neighbors and your family see you as the person responsible for love on display. What do you want you to be responsible for? Say it to me. Let me hear it loud and clear. Love. All right. What are you going to see, family and friends, from your, our youth and children this week? Love and what are they going to see from you? Love Amen. Let's close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, you gave us the greatest love gift, your son, Jesus Christ, that we could live forever. We thank you for that love. And we thank you for the responsibility we have to put that love on display. Give us strength, Lord. Give us power. Give us wisdom. Give us understanding 
to be able to stand up and show our love on despite. Amen. A voice is crying in the wilderness, repent, for the kingdom of God is near. With that thought in mind, we go before God and confess our sins together. Please join with me. Merciful God, in your gracious presence, we confess our sin and the sin of this world. Although Christ is among us as our peace, we are a people divided against ourselves as we cling to the values of a broken world. The profit and pleasures we pursue lay waste the land and pollute the seas. The fears and jealousies that we harbor set neighbor against neighbor and nation against nation. We abuse your good gifts of imagination and freedom, of intellect and reason, and have turned them into bonds of oppression. Lord, have mercy upon us. Heal and forgive us. Set us free to serve you in the world as agents of your reconciling love in Jesus Christ. Amen. Every valley is lifted up, every mountain is made low. Now the glory of the God is revealed, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. We are going to do um, the hymn uh, with the awards arrangement for Christmas. Joyful, joyful, we adore you. You're going to find this on the flip side of your insert and on the PowerPoint. Let's sing it with a lot of joy. <clears throat>
And now let us go before God in a time of prayer. Emmanuel, God with us, what a glorious gift. O God, by your prophets you promised a sign of your presence, a son called Emmanuel. In Jesus Christ, you chose to live in our midst, feel what we felt, and know our needs. He made known to us your will. He taught us your way, and he called us to follow. What the prophets foretold, we now know to be true. We pray for the world. Make a way in the wilderness of this world. Bring justice and equality to every land, and let all creatures know your saving love. Bring peace, O God, to this world you have made, the peace that passes all understanding and the promise of your new creation. We pray for this community. Send messengers of your way among us to kindle in us a passion for what is right and fair and honest. Cleanse us from all corruption. Gracious God, we do thank you for the gift of music, this wonderful choir, our praise band, and all the music in this church. It gives new meaning to make a joyful noise. We pray for our loved ones. Let your tender mercy shine on them. Give light to those who wait in darkness and guide their feet into the path of peace. Grant healing to all who are sick and afflicted and peace to all who are troubled. Even with so many in our world hurting, broken, grieving, and frightened, there is still the good news of Emmanuel, God with us. How grateful we are that we have a God who walks with us through painful times, as well as in the even-keeled and more joy-filled ones. God of grace, your eternal word took flesh among us when Mary placed her life at the service of your will. Prepare our hearts for his coming again. Keep us steadfast in hope and faithful in service that we may receive the coming of the kingdom for the sake of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Is this thing on yet? Yes. My name is Jason Warren Griffiths once again, and Don, I'm a little angry with you. First, you took most of my preaching time. Second, I'm pretty sure I have to buy a cat or a dog now. Did you see my kids' faces? That was awesome. Who in here has a pet? They all stood up except my kids. They were like... <laughs> Anywho, we're in a series, Advent, more than this. And we're going to look briefly at the text of Mary's song. Um, and 
I want to set the stage with, remember, as Mary sings this song, one, she's with cousin, she's with family, and so it's a safe space, and two, I think the Protestant church has done Mary a disservice. The Catholic church, I think, has gone a little too far in the worshiping of Mary and that kind of jazz. But we haven't recognized the amazing faith of this young woman. There's a a book out there by a guy named Soren Kierkegaard, and he says the greatest moment of human history, faith, was with Abraham about to sacrifice his son. When I get to heaven, I, I'm going to have an argument with Soren Kierkegaard if I can get close enough to him because he's going to be really close to Jesus. But I'm going to say, no, nah, I think Mary. Mary saying, yes, I'm going to give birth to the Son of God and I'm going to ride whatever train that puts me on. The text, Luke chapter 1, I'm going to start in verse 46. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. And holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him. From generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things. And sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and his descendants forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Couple things. Last week, we we studied the shepherds, and nothing says that there's more than this than a bunch of angels singing to you in the middle of a field. But then notice that story when they go and they go on the awesomest scavenger hunt of all time and they find Mary. What happens after they're walking away from just telling Mary? They sing. They worship. What happens when Mary is at this house of her cousins and she's in this safe space? She worships. Who, like me, gets so filled with joy that you can't contain yourself? Anybody anybody ever been there? I think we need to sing more. 
this is crazy because I hate musicals. <laughs> you know, my wife is like, what? what? But I think musicals are what supposed to, we're supposed to look like as followers of Jesus. We're supposed to not clam up. We're supposed to be loud. We're supposed to be, let it out. We're supposed to let our emotions flow and give praise back to the maker. Amen? And so our first application right out of the gate is we're far from Mary. I don't know about you, but I can't think of the last time I was so happy I sang. That's sad. List in your mind what God has provided this year. List in your mind the people that are to your right and to your left. If there's no reasons to sing, I think you've got a hard heart and we've got a different sermon for you. <laughs> okay, the second one. Notice if you look at the lyrics, it's a cover song. It's a cover song. You know what a cover song is? It's by, you, you know, uh, he plays in a cover band. Dusty, where are you? You have some original stuff too, but you ever see, go, go, this is my little commercial for Dusty, our bass player, or our drummer. He's in a band called Small Time. He plays around the pubs and the bars and stuff like that, but he mixes it up and gets out in the world, and he's doing cover songs. Anywho, Mary, what song is she covering? She's covering Hannah's Prayer. If you ever, on another day, Cornell, I'll talk about 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. And there's a whole other sermon right there, but our next application is, if you don't have words to sing, read this thing more. Read this thing more and start quoting out of it. You say, I don't really like to pray. Well, if you don't like to pray, there's no way you're going to talk to God. And there's no way that you're going to get closer to God. Pragmatic baby step, amazing first stare. I was there when I first came to Christ. How do I talk? Really good friend of mine said, look at the Psalms. Start praying through the Psalms. It's a, it's a rebel song. Mary's song is a rebel song. You know that in the 80s in Guatemala, it was illegal to preach on this. It was illegal to sing the song. Why? Because that middle part, that middle part where it says, you know what the truth is? That Jesus is king. Do you know what that means? You're not. Your government isn't anything. Mary's saying, there's going to be a time, and I'm, I'm, I got this baby inside of me. He's going to turn the world upside down. The poor are going to be rich. The people that think they're the stuff are going to get knocked down. We're part of a revolution. It's a love revolution. That's so good that it's on this, on this fourth week of Advent that we're on love because it's a love revolution. So we're, but it's nonetheless, it's a revolution. 
Jesus talks all the time. We're wheat among weeds. We're in here, but we're not. Our citizenship isn't around in this place. There's a day coming where our Messiah is going to set it up and it's going to reign for all of eternity. I got a quote by Bonhoeffer. It says this, The Song of Mary is the oldest Advent hymn. It is at one, once the most passionate, the wildest, one might even say the most revolutionary Advent hymn ever sung. This is not the gentle, tender, dreamy Mary whom we sometimes see in paintings. This song has none of the sweet, nostalgic, or even playful tones of some of our Christmas carols. It is instead a hard, strong, inexorable song about the power of God and the powerlessness of humankind. The other day I was in my, we were hanging out, my wife and I, we're married, you know, we're talking, we're talking, and I say, man, you are so sweet. She turns and I, I almost got, I almost died that day. She says, I am neither sweet nor cute. I'm a powerful woman of God. Right? Amen, right? I don't mean the revolutionaries start right now and just me get beat up. But I'm saying, this is, this is Mary. I, I, I think a lot of times we picture, um, we picture that sweet Mary. We picture that nice, tame Mary. Whereas I, now after reading these commentaries, you remember that band in the 90s, 2000s, the Cranberries? Anybody? Okay, good. I was, uh, they had this front woman. Her, I don't remember her name. I think she just, she just passed away last year. Dolores something or something. She's an Irish lady. But that song, Zombie, it was crazy. She played this big, huge, big hollow body, Gibson hollow body. And she would play it. And the, the chorus would go, zombie, zombie. And she had a shaved head. And when she did it, she'd go, zombie. It was like punk rock. It was so awesome. I remember every time it came on the radio, I was like, I can't stop listening to this song. It's contagious. Mary's song is more like that than what we're picturing. Mary's got the, he's, she's got like, she's got enough is enough. Enough of this cancer stuff. Enough of this pain, enough of this misery, enough of this fooling around. I want my Lord and my Savior to show up and, and knock the bullies down. And put the right people that keep getting trampled by life, pick them up. I don't have time for the third lesson. I don't remember what it is. Let's be quick to sing. Let's stand together against injustice. On God's holy night, Mary points us to this world that could be more than this. Rooted in God himself, we long for the day when God brings down the powerful, fills the hungry, and he reigns in justice forever. And all God's people said, Cornell?
Let me catch my breath. Turelurelu, pata pata pan. What does this mean? Trying to imitate musical effects from instruments with whatever you have available as human words. Pata pata pan, of course, you're going to hear that with a little drum. Turelurelu, it's a little flute. This is a French countryside. Willie and Robin take their instruments and announce Christmas is coming. Now we're going to move over to the cathedrals of France, the big cathedrals, and you're going to hear a piece by Hector Berlioz that talks about the flight of the Holy Family to Egypt. Anybody knows why they had to fly to, to um, run to Egypt? Because of King Herod. Wanted to kill him. We're going to hear that part, and then we're going to move into our country here, and we're going to hear a message of gospel from a small wooden church in Appalachia. Probably Baptist church, or something like that. The name of the second song, the third song is going to be there in the same country.
The sun is coming out, so uh, a different December day. Probably some of you grew up in the same climate I did in my young years. I remember seeing the snow falling in the evenings, looking through the window. It was beautiful, such tranquility and sense of serenity back then. And. Uh, for people who were born, let's say, in Europe, uh, if you remember, the Christmas uh, tree was kind of put on about 23, 24 of December, and the kids, the night before Christmas, were sent to bed. I was one of them. And they were told, you go to sleep now, because 
tomorrow is a big day. And the surprises under the Christmas tree were what I was having to go to sleep for. Okay. How could you express this just by an adult choir in here? Um, I decided, and I'm so glad that the call was answered, that three young voices are coming to help us do better with describing that kind of a moment for children before the Christmas day. And I'd like to, I'd like to introduce to you the three young singers, Kalia Black, Ashley Byrne, and Elsie Griffith. <laughs>
a star rising in the east. A very, very interesting and inspired um, anthem by American composer Pepper Chaplin. It's very good about music, especially in the idiom of the Appalachian um, uh, area. Uh, honestly, this is more of the mainstream, it's not very specific, but the message, if you listen, if you, I want to make you curious about that and watch the PowerPoint uh, intently, uh, is talking about a prophecy done 500 years before the birth of Jesus. And the, the, the important point is the star that the Magi saw. I do not know how, well, how much in advance, but for some time before the event happened. And that star is a star of birth of Jesus, but that star is the one that is still, the composers say, illumining to this day. The way, the life, and the truth. I think I got it uh, uh, mixed up a little bit, but please put them in order for me. <laughs> then, Ding Don Merrily on High, it caught me, uh, it caught my eye when I was looking at the words that say that in heaven, there are bells ringing, this celebration there, and in the, in the well, that's my little observation, in our, uh, in our uh, Lord's Prayer, if you remember the words say, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The author is saying, as the bells celebrate in heaven, let's ring them in here as well. So we're gonna ring it big.
I'm not a good salesman. Okay, so I'm gonna try to do a modest speech. Uh, here is a friend of the arts uh, envelope. And uh, I count on your generosity to help us uh, continue these productions for the glory of God, for the glory of God and for the <clears throat> to edify our congregation and the guests who come here all the time. And now, while Micah and I will do a piece by Vivaldi, uh, we're going to have our offering. Holy Night. <clears throat> this is what I call our musical benediction followed by the real benediction afterwards. Uh, it's such a wonderful music that it has very interesting origins. In a medium-sized church in France, an organ was built and the whole city came to celebrate and uh, a, a poet from the city was charged to write something, a poem about this. And he did. It's called Cantique de Noël. Few years later, the composer uh, Adolphe Anam 
wrote the music that we have now. And after about 35 years, a American pastor paraphrased and created the text that we now have. Um, I was trying to just kind of expand a little bit the original uh, piece that is for a solo voice mostly into the fact that for the first verse I wanted to use uh, the for the words or oh, night divine we're gonna use the women chorus when he talks on the second verse about Jesus life as a king that he humbled himself he knows our needs he says in there he understands our struggles. He's a king that, you know, go under us to lift us up. I gave this to the men. We are prouder of the two. So it's good to have an exercise in humbleness for us. So the men's chorus is going to come on the second verse. Third verse is Christ is the Lord. And as Pastor Jason said in one of his sermons, the gospel is a great equalizer. I remember that word. Why? Because he said while he's preaching about love and peace, he said, chains shall he break, because under his rule, the oppression shall cease. For this one, everybody agrees. And you got both three-part women chorus and four-part men's chorus with the soloists that we have. Uh, you have the names of the soloists in the bulletin, so please look for that. And now let's listen to O Holy Night. Sin and death. 
I would like to thank, and I hope you're going to join me in doing that, our guest singers, organist, and yes, our choir, and our great accompanist, Micah. I'm going to start. Thank you. I'll, I will start with Diane Reynolds. Diane, thank you. Maddie Reynolds, the soloist. Shannon Coble. Christina Wilcox. Julissa Castillo. Holly Roll. Michael Ben Yehuda. Jay Hernandez. Tom Ringland. Mac Bright. Angelica Prodan, organ. Thank you, thank you. And now I think we're ready to uh, go for the great benediction for today. I noticed one more person we need to thank. We never thank that dude enough. Everybody, round of applause for Philip. Right? All right, please stand for this morning's benediction. And hopefully that back choir, I don't know if, it, if I'm alone in this, but that was like pouring gas in my carburetor right there. I'm ready to go sing. I'm about to sing everybody. Anyway, may God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your mind today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen.